with a Y and a CH. I couldn't understand any of these movies. I'm only 21. That's right. I can buy beer for my friends. I, I didn't understand. It was like they were they were encrypted. They, it was like a dog watching TV. Just lights and sounds, but completely unintelligible gibberish. I did not I did not understand. Denny, when were you born? I'm not Denny. I'm Brakeston. Brakeston with... <laughs> When were, when were you born? <laughs> January 12, 2000. 2000. That explains it. That explains it all. Only 90s kids will get these movies. That was a surprisingly literal title. I didn't <laughs> understand it. It's just static to me. And scene. And scene. Now what you just saw was a dramatic performance where Denny played the part of Brakestinson, the, the the young Zoomer, who yeah. didn't understand the 90s kids' movies. And Greg played the part of... The ninety, Yeah. <laughs> Greg, the 90s kids, who does understand. Welcome back to the Movies for Win podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm Greg Johnson... Before me on my computer screen is Denny Taylor, hey, not Braxton, the Zoomer who is actually 21 years old now, uh, <laughs> if we did the math right. Checks out. Yeah, checks yeah. out. Yeah. What a great topic, man. How did, uh, well, we, we threw it together on a whim last episode. Yeah, yeah you were there. <laughs> we came together with it. <laughs> yeah. I was excited to do this one, though, man. Yeah, me too. Uh, explain the idea and the rules kind of behind our selections for this episode if you could please yeah so i mean like it's a tired old like uh meme or like listicle title it'll be like 20 household objects only 90s kids will understand so it was just kind of like an easy tongue-in-cheek thing to do uh, but we specifically didn't want to just do 90s movies because we do 90s movies all the time and uh so we were specifically trying to do 90s kids movies that are not timeless. Um, so basically, <laughs> stuff that we liked when we were young that really didn't age that well. Um, and not in the sense of like, well, in one one of these movies, it didn't age well in terms of, uh, of cancel culture. And uh, yeah, it should have been canceled. <laughs> no one canceled it. Um, but it, thankfully now it's not important enough to cancel Man of the House. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, we just wanted to watch stuff that like, Basically, if you weren't a kid in the 90s, you would not care. Basically, our versions of Every Which Way But Loose. There's just nothing other than, like, generational nostalgia to these movies. Does that sum it up well? I think that that's, yeah. 
Yeah, that about covers it. It yeah, we I had kind of offhand suggested doing like Lion King or Aladdin, but that's stuff that is still good to this day. This is yeah. some schlock that <laughs> <laughs> Unless you grew up in the 90s, you're just it's so hard to understand the things going on and <laughs> What the filmmakers think is cool yeah. in their tr attempt to appeal to the youth of the time. Yeah. Specifically when we get to Brink, you'll see what the filmmakers thought was really, really cool. <laughs> it worked on me. Now, we should talk about, um, we. you know, I chose uh, Man of the House because it was a VHS that I wore out at my grandma's house and really loved. Uh, Greg, why did you choose Blank Check? Uh, I chose Blank Check because uh, during the last episode, I referenced the podcast named Blank Check, and we picked the uh, episode. Uh, all of a sudden, I was like, I was tr I was thinking of maybe Three Ninjas because a uh, friend of the show, Nate Wallace, that's one of his favorite movies from the '90s. I was like, let's maybe do something a little a little different. I didn't really watch that one too much as a kid. Let's do. Aha, I just said it. Blank check. Bada boom. It came to me. I think it was another Nate Wallace re um referral, I guess. Sure. He's the one that he's the one that got me to watch it. Nice. Uh, or appreciate it more as an adult. Yeah, I uh, I checked that out as a kid too. That was a frequent rental for me. I really liked it a lot. And then uh we went and got a beer with BFF of the show John Wasson who made that sick theme song you just heard on friday night and i was like we should just let him pick the movie he's here he made it you know um and then we greg pointed out that we'd already said we would do an audience poll um, so we promised we always keep our promises yep unlike uh, most of the dads in these movies shit dads on thing. notice called out um john Not said he would have chosen brink and so i put in the uh, in the in the poll, you have to pick something better than Brink, or we're just going to do Brink. And thankfully, they picked Brink. Um, well, they they barely picked it. It won by a single vote. Yeah. Uh, I will say that Good Burger did pull ahead in the poll, but it was after the cutoff time. Yep. Sorry, guys. Yep. We stopped the count. We stopped the count. Those mail-in ballots, threw them in the trash. Which was a That's bummer, right. because Good Burger is one of my favorite movies. Uh, it's one of the, like, 90s things that I will watch, like, not ironically and still love. And Vanessa will never watch it with me. And so I was gonna I was gonna use Good Burger winning the poll as an excuse to watch it. Um, so I guess now I'll just have to watch it for no reason, like I always do. We'll do a food porn episode later. Oh, yeah. So you have a reason to watch it. Um... The other, the other options in the poll, uh, Brink and First Kid did... Oh, sorry, no, Brink won. Um, uh, Three Ninjas and First Kid did not fare well at all. Um, I was hoping for an excuse to see Three Ninjas because I never got around to watching it as a kid, and it was like a big deal in the 90s. I was one of the few who hadn't seen it. And uh, I liked First Kid. It was a good movie. I, I liked that a lot as a kid. I remember you, you, like Macaulay Culkin, Moon Sinbad or something. Um, am I remembering that correctly? sure all right <laughs> i don't remember either <laughs> at least i think that's what happened might have been some other movie or a dream i had one time <laughs> um so yeah no it was our most uh most 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 votes we ever got in a poll people people really showed up for us 
Stay exciting. tuned for the next poll. hey Decisions will be made in a strange and impulsive manner. So maybe yeah. the next one will be a poll. Maybe it won't. We'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll, we'll get to it at the end of the episode. We actually haven't discussed it yet. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how we do things. On the fly here. Calling it in the ring, brother, brother. <sighs> All right, Denny, why don't we uh, get started with your pick, which was Man of the House. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you summarize the plot of, about this film. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get ahead of uh, the use of the word Indian when I uh, summarize this plot. Uh, they are in an organization called Indian Guides, and it should not be called Indian Guides because they are not Indians. They are Native Americans or indigenous peoples. Um, but that you that word is used very liberally in this movie a lot, um, and it's kind of weird. Um, but basically, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas has got daddy trauma, and he just collects trash with Farrah Fawcett for fun. Um, and <laughs> she's also his mom. <laughs> Everything's going just fine and dandy until Farrah Fawcett falls in love with Chevy Chase's Jack. That's not a name for his penis. It's the name of his character. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas decides that he's going to be a little snot child of divorce and try to get Jack to abandon his mom or something by being a shithead. This backfires when Jack's like, I'm going to double down and I'm going to make you bleed Indian guides out of your ears. It's going to be amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, there's also a, a mob B plot that ties it all together. There you I go. That's what I was waiting for. Because it's not part of the movie at all. Um, it's just like in the beginning and they like remind you of it like once. And then all of a sudden, there's a hit on Chevy Chase, and it's like the crux of the climax of the movie. So, um, yeah, it's pretty much the movie. Man we'll of the go House. Ahead and, Man of the House. Uh, I'll I'll go ahead and say this was definitely a '90s thing of just kid versus organized crime was such <laughs> a thing. It happened twice in this episode. I was surprised that Brink didn't have to skate against the. Yakuza or something like <laughs> directed by Martin Scorsese. Robert De Niro is <laughs> Brinker. <laughs> Brink fellas. Brink fellas. Oh All right, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Cuz Brinka. Oh, um yeah. Man of the Brink. Um <laughs> Hey, and the terrorizing kids over here. <laughs> That was such a weird subplot, man. Yeah, uh, but this takes place in Seattle. Noted um, hub for Italian crime families. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this was this was a weird one, man. This is actually my first time seeing this movie. Oh, I was going to ask. you never seen it before? No, I hadn't seen it before. Uh, oh. I think I knew what it was. I, I knew Jonathan Taylor Thomas mostly from uh, Home Improvement. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Uh, the Santa Claus and a couple of the movies he had done, but I hadn't seen this one for whatever reason. He's in the I don't know why. Claus. I think it just it just missed me. This wasn't the same. Was he? Wait. He's a. I'll be home for Christmas. I'll be home for whatever yeah. the Christmas one. Yeah. I almost said jingle all the way. I said no. It's the <laughs> other one, and I was still wrong. <laughs> so what 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 was your reaction to this watching it for the first time as an adult? 
Um, it really followed a lot of the same 90s tropes. It hit a lot of the same stuff of just like, here's your hero, kids. He's just like you. Like, he kind of gets bullied a little bit in school. He's kind of an outcast, but still cool with it. He'll stand up to the bullies if he needs to. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it hit all those same notes. And then, uh, <clears throat> you know, he's having trouble getting along with his future stepdad, Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase, who sounds exactly like Jeff Goldblum in this movie. He's got the same voice, dude. There's a lot of stammering, too. Yeah, he sounds the same. Kind of helped me, honestly. But, yeah, then then we decided to join the Native American Club. And it was just like, well... If I was a kid and this club was going on, there wouldn't really be any sort of backlash or resistance to it. Yeah. So it makes sense for the time, but also... I'm watching it now, so maybe this isn't this super duper the best. Yeah, does that still exist? It's, it's like a division of Boy Scouts, isn't it? I might be wrong. I wasn't in Boy Scouts either, so I'm not really sure. I wasn't either. My brother was in actual Indian guides uh, in the 90s. Oh, no way. Yeah, no, it was a real thing. Kids at my school went, yep, it's still there. Oh, wait. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh. Chicago Tribune. September 19th, 2015. Um, That's recent. Indian guides and Indian princesses must drop the Indian theme or leave the YMCA. Um, there you go. But did they? Adventure guides. Now they're called adventure guides. Adventure guides. That's fine. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah. I guess getting back into a little bit of the plot here. The uh, try to sabotage your mom's relationship with your incoming stepdad or her boyfriend or whatever is is a pretty common thing in these movies and then everyone comes around to love each other yeah in the end but this it, it just felt like another one of those with a little weird twist and two much better actors than most movies that would do these kind of things sure with jtt and chevy chase Oh, uh, burned a Farrah Fawcett. She was there. She was there. Um, it really seemed like, honestly, up until we met the, the rest of their troupe, um, I thought JTT was given the best performance in the movie, and uh, Chevy Chase and Farrah Fawcett weren't even trying and had no chemistry. And then there's a distinct moment when you can tell Chevy Chase started giving a shit, and it's when he's singing in the shower, Dino, Won't You Blow. <laughs> he's just, like, belting it. And, I, I mean, obviously I'm assuming they didn't shoot it chronologically, uh, but from that moment on, it seemed like he had his working boots on, which was which was really nice to see. Um, you know, something that, uh, something that really broke my heart watching it as an adult is what a little shithead I thought Jonathan Taylor Thomas's character was. Oh, uh, what's what's my note here? Uh, Ben's a prick. Come on, man. Yeah. So yeah, we're on the same page here. Yeah, and his codependent mom is enabling it. I'm like, dude, Ben is winding up in rehab, and it is his mom's fault. Um, <laughs> it is clear that that family has some enmeshment issues, and this kid has never been told no to anything in his life. 
and he is currently Set just to a dad. being fully enabled to like emotionally abuse an adult man and the mom is like going to Chevy Chase and being like you have to have to allow him to do this and everything you do is wrong by the way my son's upset like just it was it was hard to watch man but mom <laughs> with your boyfriend how are we supposed to pick muddy hot wheels off the sunny muddy beach <laughs> Your your raspy JTT is pretty solid, but there's a little bit of goblin in it. I need a little more rasp. I need I got I got a little bit of uh, Abed Nadir goblin dungeon yeah. master in there. <laughs> I didn't completely get there, dude. His voiceover, he was so raspy. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, did he have like a cold that week or something? Yeah, uh, only for the VO, I there guess. We go. But yeah, man. Uh, honestly, the only character in this movie with any sympathy for me was Chevy Chase, which is weird because in real life Chevy Chase is really not a very sympathetic guy, and I'm constantly mm -hmm. aware of that. <laughs> that was in the back of my mind too. Yeah. No, it was, you just couldn't get down with anybody else in the movie until, dude. I loved their troop. Like the dads I was about in to say, were awesome. The the other stepdad, uh, the bigger I, th I can't remember the character's name, but yeah, it was like one of the more authentic moments of the movie is when he goes to that stepdad's shop class in the high school. Yeah, and it's like this guy's this guy kind of rules. Like this feels like a genuine moment. Well, he's like he's he was on Cheers for years. Let me look up his oh good rhyme Denny unintentional George Went. Yeah, he was uh, he was, was Norm on one. Cheers and. Uh, I think his son's name is Norm, which seemed to be a nod. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I it's think either a nod or a Norm. direct wink at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, that scene. I actually like. I still use a phrase regularly from that scene that I uh, that I got. Like I use it in therapy sessions. The term "emotionally constipated." It was uh, one of George Wentz's lines. Like it's it's mm -hmm. a great scene and. No, yeah, he was great. The uh, the always by the book dad was really really funny. Um, he played the played the very serious buzzkill really well, but also not mm -hmm. annoyingly. Like you could tell everyone still liked him. He didn't kill the buzz too harshly. Yeah, yeah. and then the the circuits performer dad who never spoke, Silent Thunder. He rocked. He was hilarious, man. <laughs> I loved his bits. I liked him. Yeah, it was it was endearing. Yeah. Even while wearing a uh, cardboard or a manila paper headdress, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, I honestly thought I was gonna fully hate this movie, and then uh, and then Bill just like say goodbye to some childhood love, but it really turned around for me when uh, Leonard Redcrow's witty ass showed up, <laughs> like. Uh, when they he was actually, great. yeah, no, he was fantastic. Um, he had some really funny lines. Uh, I actually really liked the "Everybody Dance Now" montage. Um, I wish he just stayed with them the rest of the movie because he, first of all, called out the white people for being appropriative, insensitive, ignorant shitheads. Um, then actually taught them about the culture that was important to him, and they were changed for the better because of it. And he really added some much needed fun to a movie that was a real pain in the ass to watch um 
and then he just kind of goes away. But I, I looked into him. His uh, his name is Chief Leonard George, and he was a legit tr- chief of a, of a Canadian tribe. Uh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. I hate when white people do that, and I'm a white person doing it. But Here he uh, goes. It's spelled T-S-L-E-I-L hyphen Watooth Nation. But yeah, that dude was a legit chief. I just thought he honestly injected some life back into this slog of a movie, man. Yeah, I liked him. I didn't like his role when he was like the guy in the courtroom that was being offended by the accidental remainder of war paint on Chevy Chase's face. But then like they brought him back and I feel like the movie kind of redeemed itself by bringing him back to more like human role that made a lot of sense. I thought it was he was he was good. Um, I liked what he had to say. I wish he'd stuck around. You know what's really funny? After that courtroom scene, they had a character in the movie actually say, this is the 90s, haven't you heard of political correctness? Oh my god. In this movie. In this movie. In this movie. They were like, god man, it's called political correctness. Get with it. In this movie. We're so woke, it's the 90s. <laughs> I, I really hope now go make fun of some gay people. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that those uh, canon indigenous peoples got their land back because of uh, Chevy Chase's war paint sunburn. Um, yeah, no, that was a white judge. You know how that was going. Yeah, <laughs> that was gonna uh, was gonna end well. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everybody. No, yeah, but Chief Winter George, he was pimp my movie. Like he just like, I was so just like, oh man. I was mad at Kid Denny for liking this and giving me nostalgia for it. And then he showed up and I was like, okay, no, I'm back. I'm back. I can do this. Yeah, that was... You asked me how I felt watching this as an adult. The first meeting that we go to for this club, I was really expecting one Native American person there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all these guys look pretty white. Their kids look pretty white. There's no native people here. This is a little weird. Yeah. It was, I was like, uh, oh, we're doing this. Okay. Yeah. That was, uh, it wasn't at a time when white people were like, maybe we should check with native people before we just, you know, make furry refrigerator magnets and call it their culture. And <laughs> uh, we're, you know, pretty much honestly, mostly still in that time, which is unfortunate. Um, <laughs> but after after uh after red crow's rain dance with them i think i think it's not the only thing that his dance made wet because farrah fawcett was just begging for dick after that like just next scene just begging for dick <laughs> it was jarring <laughs> it was like so it was just like essentially a crotchless movie except for like that one time when they tried to sleep in the same bed, but even then they weren't like sex. It was about like he was sleeping on an uncomfortable mattress, and then she's just like, "Make love to me, make love to Chevy Chase." <laughs> My back kind of hurts. I want you to fuck me real good. Like, <laughs> could have kept in the kid theme there a little bit, but yeah. uh, went went a little sideways. Yeah. <laughs> not the line i know it's not the line yeah um do you have any you know outside of overt casual racism 
for 90 straight minutes. Um, do you have any other critiques? I don't know. Anything that stood out? That Let's you didn't not like? ignore the racism to Italians, eh? Well, you didn't when you said We're that, all within so. organized crime. It really gobbles my ghoul. There we go. This guy's Sopranos. This guy's Sopranos. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Honestly, there's a, there's a lot to complain about in this movie. <laughs> like, there really is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas didn't wear a helmet when he was rollerblading, but he roll he wore all the other pads. So what was the problem? If you had that kind of hair, would you wear a helmet? That hair. I was gonna great. say he had to show off that hair. Yeah, that's what it was. That's absolutely. Yeah, he, he had the boy Karen. Or sorry, the, the boy, boy Rachel. The boy Rachel. Sorry. Boy Rachel. Yeah, he had yeah. boy Rachel. He had hair. boy Rachel. Yeah. Um, man. My biggest issue with this was how fucking sappy they would get all the time. Like, pick a lane. Like it, it was it wasn't the movie itself, it was the score. Yeah. Oh just so like bad. telling you how to feel, but also like trying to earn it through the music. <laughs> it's it's, it's like, a 90s thing. They'll do that a lot. It, it sounds like when on Scrubs, when JD imagines like the sad moment music, like it sounded very much like that, like making fun of the trope music. Um, <laughs> I was upset when it, it, when they rolled credits and they cut away from Return to Innocence, which fucking slaps, and played mm -hmm. that stupid fucking sappy overture they were doing the whole movie instead. <laughs> They had an awesome ending scene with a banger of a song that was, like, honestly way cooler than it had any right to be. Definitely cooler than the movie earned. And then they go right back to Old Faithful, man. That's, a, that's, that's something with all three of these movies, I think, is nobody knows how to roll credits in the 90s. Yeah. Or at least for kids' movies. It's yeah. just, like, you got a solid ending, and then it's just, like, Roll credits. Here's an original song for the film, or here's this B track from this band that isn't any good. Yeah, and it's very sappy. Yeah, I'm like, I'd rather them do the thing that they also did in the '90s when they were selling physical soundtrack albums, and they would just cram four popular songs into the credits so they could put them on the soundtrack. That would always confuse me when I'd get the soundtrack and be like, I don't remember this being in the movie at any point. And then like Smash it's like the fourth mouth. song in the credits that they just wanted to like move the album with. You know? During the part where it's thinking uh, the city of Vancouver, British Columbia. <laughs> so let, let me ask you this. Um, what is your... Because like, we're sitting here calling this a bad movie, right? Like This is not a good movie. We sure are. Um it's a kids movie and we're adults um i was about to say like well my standard is did they hit their mark for what they were going for um which i was gonna say no because kids wouldn't like this and then i was like wait a minute i loved this movie when i was a kid <laughs> like what am i talking about like i love this movie so what what is your standard like what what different kind of judgment criteria do you apply to a children's movie um that you know that like we're obviously sitting here analyzing this like it matters um not saying oh who cares it's a kid's movie we clearly cared enough to think a lot about it and talk about it um mm -hmm. 
I don't know. What's your what's your what's your rubric? You know, like what what makes this a bad movie instead <sighs> of just like some fun kids movie that we don't like because we're thirty. Well, this is tough because I guess this is kind of how I'm judging all three of these movies, right? Yeah. Uh, I think I'm trying to put myself back in the shoes of myself when I was a kid, and even if I didn't see the movie how the younger version of myself would have seen the main character. Would I have mm -hmm. idolized them? Would I have been like, man, I wish that was my childhood. Mm -hmm. um, these things are so cool. Like, how would I have felt about the main character as a person that was that age at roughly the same time? Mm -hmm. So, I, I don't know. For this one, I, I, I didn't really feel too much of a connection. Yeah, yeah. Except for the rollerblading. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had that you, fucking haircut, man. You blade now, brother. You blade now. I blade now. now, brother. That's right. Then and now. Then and I now. I clicking today. I did it in the pig episode, too. Yeah, you know, like... Your truffle I, pig's not coming, buddy. I watched this movie as a kid, though. Don't don't bring up the truffle pig. I miss him. I have news for you. Um, but, oh, um... Gosh. Uh... Yeah, I actually, the sappy stuff worked for me as a kid, you know, like, I and also, like, anything I would say is stupid now about the climax of, like, uh, mob guys, like, revealing they had guns the whole time and weren't using them, and, you know, like, um, all that stuff, it's, like, I can tell you why it's, like, dumb and lazy and hack, but, like, I, I just wasn't thinking about any of that shit as a kid, and I'm also not going to give this movie a good rating. You know, like, so I, I don't really know, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know where I stand or what I'm basing this on. And I'm kind of trying to just flesh it out live with you. It, it's hard because I pulled up my Critiker page because I hadn't rated this because I hadn't seen it, of course. And it was like, your projected score for this movie is a two. And I was like, oh, whoa, 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 hold on. It's not <laughs> I think it's going to be a bad. two. It's not that bad. Website? Algorithm? Come on. But then, like, where do I go from there? Because I know it's not that bad, and I have certain nostalgia for the things that I was seeing, but, you know, I didn't see this specific movie, so how much is the nostalgia really going to carry it? Right. And it was it was tricky. Yeah. I mean, I did have the nostalgia, and it, and it kicked in at a couple moments. Like, really, like, again, uh, everything I just said about Red Crow... And basically the finale scene and when they sang Lue Luai and a few other things. Uh, mm -hmm. All of the pantomimed like bits. The, the nostalgia kicked in for that. But really for like the whole like up until we met the rest of the rest of the rest of the troop. I was just like God. Good thing I was fucking eight when I watched this because it is a fucking <laughs> chore. You know like this <laughs> sucks. And I was hyped. I went in like man of the house i'm sure it's not as good as i remember because i was a kid but hey i'm having fun i'm I'm doing kid stuff and man it just it was a beat down um yeah it bounced back but let, let me ask you this because i don't know that i have an answer we often talk about the difference between um a kid's movie and a family movie you know like a kid's movie is for kids no adult mm -hmm. would enjoy it a family movie is for kids, teenagers, and adults all at once, maybe for different reasons. Maybe kids like it because it's bright-colored cartoons. Teenagers like it because they sneak in a little edgier humor, and adults like it because it makes them cry. You know, like, um, mm -hmm. you know, can you think of a kid's movie 
that really stands the test of time. That really just, it is meant to appeal just to kids. There's really not that multiple demographic appeal and it really like stands the test of time or is there just like if you're going to make a movie just for kids there's just kind of a ceiling on how good it can be so are you calling this one uh just a kids movie then? I'd, I'd call this one a kids movie when i say a family movie i'm talking about like pixar you know like that's yeah I, I would even say like but like aladdin's a family movie the lion king is a family movie um that's not like just inane bonking on the head like there's emotional content to those movies that adults can enjoy you know right might not be their first choice but like it's certain like i've watched aladdin for fun in my adult life just because it's a great movie you know like yeah um yeah i i really i don't know that i can think of one that's like a children's movie that is like can you no um i really can't even ones that maybe i watched as a kid Mm -hmm. i don't really look back on the appeal of it and say like man that would that would resonate with me now and especially this one i would agree with you that it was definitely a kid's movie that kind of would try to flirt with teen teen level Mm -hmm. appeal but didn't really go that far yeah um well, I'd even say this. I, I don't know. Like, it, I listened to the uh, Beyond the Screenplay podcast, which everyone should listen to. It's really great. Um, one of their takes that really resonated with me is they were like, when you're watching movies about like kids and teenagers, they're usually targeted to kids a little younger than the characters are um, because kids always want to be a little older than they are. You know, so mm. like this is a movie where the main character is 11 and it was kind of like targeted i I think it was like and this this was me this is definitely my age when i liked it this is like for eight and nine year olds who want to be in sixth grade you know like that's kind of like that's that's where i see it so i'm like i don't even like maybe it kind of like appealed to tweens maybe but like even then by the time i was 10 i might have felt a little too old for this you know like yeah i was thinking about this one compared to um the other movie we watched blank check i was like these kids feel like i feel like we're making this kind of for the same age like we're selling the same fantasy to the same age of kids but the kid in man of the house is like three years older than i think the kid in blank check is yeah because in man of the house he specifically says he's 11 yeah and i was just like 11 feels like like and again i'm about to be 31 yeah like this was a while ago but even like i can even think of it just like i don't think when i was 11 i was still this kind of kid you know no no way um he's both like smarter and dumber than an 11 year old would be you know yeah like he's cooler than an 11 year old definitely has more like malice of forethought than most 11 year olds do um yeah i don't know man i don't know i think you know he kind of strikes me as like 13 or 14 in a lot of ways you know like in the movie like um, in some parts yes and then other parts definitely not yeah um how much did the i don't know i I don't know if we can even go back you know but i'm just like yeah i think i'm kind of landing at like for movies that are specifically designed to appeal to children maybe there's just a lid on how good they can be you know like this was yeah maybe i'm just like 
the max score is 30 and a 30 is a perfect kids movie you know like i don't know like um <laughs> i don't know that's i think that's i think that's what i'm gonna go with i might revise that later but uh i did want to ask you because i know how much you hate this <laughs> talk about miscommunication being the crux of the plot for no reason <sighs> What are you specifically referring to? When he misses the when Chevy Chase misses the canoe trip because oh my because god his brakes were cut by the mob and he evades death and crashes into the ocean no, and he no, just I'll says like later. I'm sorry I missed it I'll make it up to you and like like they throw it away later when he's like I just didn't want you guys to worry <laughs> it's so it's fucking. Like, <laughs> So I, I understand you don't want to worry your your future stepchild by saying like, "Hey, it's it's okay. I was gonna be on time, but I was targeted by the mafia. My yeah. brakes were cut. I almost died. Uh, here I am. They're still out there. Yeah, let's go camping. Uh, yeah. So like, I kind of get it. So it didn't bother it didn't bother me too much because I understood his motivation. But he also told that to his future wife. He was yeah. just like. No, I'll, I'll tell you later. It wasn't really a thing. Yeah, and Vanessa when, when and I she were, sorry, she met the she met the people that that did this to him. Yeah, like hey, remember those guys from the courthouse? Yeah, they they did some shit and they tried to mess with me. Like he didn't say anything. He didn't have to go into full detail, but he could just like hey, they messed with me. Uh, I had to I had to get away and make sure your son was safe. Yeah, he, he didn't say that. <laughs> he said, "Whoopsie Daisy." It rained, like is it, what he said. It was wet. <laughs> yeah, and Vanessa and I were watching it, and we were like, "Dude, if there's a hit on you, your wife and son are in danger. Like, not only do they need to know, like, they need like protection. You know, like they need like they're about to settle up to Portland. Yeah, and eat some Nicolas Cage meals." That's probably when he was active in the Portland uh, fine dining scene. Probably. Could have been cool crossover. But no. Do Pig you, of the house didn't happen. Do you think that's how uh, that's how Nicolas Cage's... Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Pig spoilers, pig spoilers, pig spoilers. If you haven't pig seen spoilers, pig, skip forward. Um, skip forward 30 seconds. Do you think that's how Nicolas Cage's wife died in Pig? Do you think these mobsters took her out? that's my head cannon baby oh man <laughs> man um i had a few more questions for you greg make them quick denny now that we're buddies is it okay if i marry your mom <laughs> listen As long as we go on a cool ass camping trip, I think we're cool. <laughs> well, I hate Good. camping, so I guess I can't marry. You. <laughs> um, then I'm out. <laughs> I had another question for you. Can "Pals Forever" be our new closing song? Yes, it can. Okay, cool. We'll sing it together at the end of the episode. I might have to listen to it again. It's it's uh, it's easy to remember. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I could, again, 
I this is a movie I watched so much that like every scene in line I actually remember pretty vividly. Um, I, I I could go on and on about the tensionless gun threat scene or that the stakes in the climax of this children's movie was that Chevy Chase might get shot in the head for real. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, man. I think I think it's pretty well worn territory. Did you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, one last thing. Chevy Chase did the hot rod falling down the hill bit, and I really like that. <laughs> Shit! Shit! <laughs> oh, if only. Oh, man. Uh, All right. Oh, I, I had something else I wanted to add. Go for it, go for it. The beehive reveal hit me really differently. Because I watched both versions of Candyman the same day. <laughs> I was like, oh god! When they were like, there is, listen to nature, it'll tell you what to do. It's like, summon Candyman! Which, uh, <laughs> by the way, I did, I went to the, I went to the Dallas uh, Cedars location of Alamo Drafthouse to see Candyman. Oh, oh dude, and I had the truffle parm popcorn and I thought of oh, you. Oh my god. It was so fucking good and it was so good to be there. I was there 30 minutes early for the pre-show. I just I just had the most wonderful time, Greg. This this doesn't upset me. It makes me excited. Yeah. I uh I'm I'm going to be out of town when the Denton location reopens for our listeners, and so uh I I just I needed it. I needed it and I, I got it and me and Greg still might go to the Denton uh reopening together depending on what our partners want to do that day. Um, basically how late my partner has to work and how far his partner is willing to drive. <laughs> so. that, that's right. Uh, I think she'll drive for Alamo. But uh, we, we've we got a new gimmick this week, Denny. Boy, do we. Denny, what is your favorite relic of the 90s that you saw in Man of the House? Playing Virtua Fighter in an arcade um, really Ooh. took me back to my time on Sega Saturn. It was really cool to see that on screen. Uh, I played that game a lot on my Sega Saturn. What about you, Greg? Uh, mine's super lame. It's uh, having your own corded phone in your bedroom, yeah. and he put a flames sticker on it. He put a flaming sticker on his mm. bedroom phone. Cool as hell. That set him apart. Yeah. He's practically Juno with that hamburger phone with how cool it was. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not going to I do want to give an further. honorable mention to Chevy Chase's dad sneakers, uh, but also those are still relics of the 90s now that you can see every day at your local dad hangout. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> like, I couldn't give it my favorite because I was like, no, that's actually, you know, cordless phones and Virtua Fighter are gone, but, or sorry, corded phones are gone. But you can see white dad sneakers any day you want. Just like yeah. walk into a Bass Pro Shop. Those Adidas are definitely still at uh, Famous Footwear <laughs> if you're looking for them. Danny, uh, uh, what's your favorite line of the film? Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> well, I, I wrote something in quotes, but it was me summarizing a line. Uh it was when Chevy Chase was doing that really offensive uh, Native American impression. Um, and he literally oh, started yeah. the monologue by being like, I know this voice is racist, and I know it comes from Americanization of white people making movies about natives, but it's okay because I'm doing it for comedy. 
I was like, this movie, fuck, like, it's inexcusable. Um, but <laughs> I wrote that line down, um, basically saying this is basically what he's saying, but I thought it was a line in the movie. I was like, I don't remember that, but it's my new favorite line. Um, no, mine's going to go to uh, my man, Red Crow. Uh, who do you think is responsible for all the rain? And then just like <laughs> looks at him knowingly when Jonathan Taylor Thomas is like, a rain dance? We're in Seattle. What's the point? Yeah. Who do you think is responsible for all the rain? And I was like, fucking get him! Get him! It was such a cool line. That was awesome. What about you? I like I like that whole scene with them together. Yeah. Uh, mind you already said it. You stated it out loud. It's, this is the 90s. Haven't you heard of political correctness? <laughs> Sorry, I stole your thunder on that, but we I, needed to th- talk about it. Honestly, if you say my favorite line without me telling you what it was, that that validates it. That makes me extra happy. <laughs> I'm just like, I got something to say about it later. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, Greg, what's your critic or score? Man, this one got... I told you I had a trouble... I had a bit of trouble ranking this. Um, the website suggested a 2 out of 40. <laughs> nostalgia and appreciation for the times and the actors and what I was seeing in a fresh vision of it I gave it a 19 out of 40 nice um I actually just entered my score now because I hadn't done it yet Um, I noticed (laughs) I want you to know that Critiker knows I'm an easier grader than you because Mm -hmm. it suggested I give it a 3 out of 50 um, <laughs> I think mathematically that's almost the same. Yeah, um, you know, just just eyeballing this and honestly, just kind of figuring out what my standards are for a kids' movie in general. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, I think I'm functionally going to give it the same ranking as you. I put it at a 21 out of 50, just just off the cuff, shooting from the hip. Yeah, Might just shy, later. just shy of 50 uh, percent rating. So yeah, um, I, I am kind of operating of like. A really, 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 really good kids movie would be like a thirty, you know. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I'll stick to that. That's like a whole new division of my critiker that I've been maintaining for years that I added spontaneously in the moment here. So we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll stick with twenty-one. We basically gave it the same rating, so that's, I mean, we're in yeah. the same place on this one. Yeah, glad we agree. Uh, hey Greg, I'm draw. I'm drawing a blank here. A blank. Well, maybe check. you should check. Fuck. God damn it. You're good. The kid's good. He's good. The kid's good. He's good. That's a seamless edit, baby. Oh, uh, no, it's not. You can't just startle <laughs> it's, me and it's say full, it's a seamless edit. <laughs> it's full of seams, y'all. <laughs> Enjoy your Nautilus drink, Denny. Oh, uh, we're doing blank check. Do. Our second movie for when only 90s kids will understand. Uh, this was my selection. <laughs> Man, what a movie. Let me s- summarize the plot for you real quick. Some fucking kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's all his backstory is. Some fucking kid. Some little snot-nosed brat. <laughs> Gets hit by a car, and his friend helps... His frenemy helps him capitalize on it. Uh, the... the it, the mobster, the recent prison escapee, yeah, gives him a blank check. Whatever, kid. Here you go. Here's a blank check. And he learned about blank checks from his dad. 
and he puts on the check one million dollars. So a nine-ish year old child is running rampant with one million dollars under a false alias of an adult that he is apparently working for despite child labor laws and he spends all that money learns some lessons kind of not really but also yes gets a castle denny <laughs> what's your history with blank check man i rented it a lot as a kid i really did like this movie this was really fun for me um, I wouldn't describe it as like, you know, if you asked me to name my top 10 favorite childhood movies, I probably wouldn't put Blink Check on there, but that's because I watched a lot of movies and I liked them a lot. And here that's we are. Right. I, I did really enjoy this as a kid, man. This was like, uh, you know, it was just pure kid wish fulfillment. You know, to go back to kind of our discussion on Man of the House of what makes a good kid movie and do you empathize with the kid, man you want to talk about wish fulfillment in this like mm -hmm. what if you were just almighty all-powerful stumbled into a million dollars and none of the adults could do anything about it just just oh my gosh i loved watching him put a water slide in his house like i just loved it i, I was crazy about it yeah this um i kind of talked about the premise of this episode with my brother uh when we were visiting uh for labor day and I was like, what's what's a movie for that only 90s kid would understand? And he said Richie Rich, because that was something that we would see as a kid as, like, the peak 90s movie. Um, like and this too. is kind of... This kind of scratched a different itch for kids because of that witch fulfillment that you're, th that you're talking about. Where, like, Richie Rich, Macaulay Culkin already has all of those things. And Blank Check is, like... This kid kind of sucks, he's a loser, he doesn't have a ton of friends, but then he gets all the money, he gets all the stuff. The world is your oyster. Mm -hmm. Spend a million dollars how a kid would spend a million dollars. And he... Boy, did he. Does. <laughs> Pretty quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had a real Caillou energy at first. You know? Oh, shut up. Fuck Caillou. We're not talking about Caillou. Fuck Caillou. No, this kid was a little... Like, a little Caillou-ass bitch at first. Like, he was just always... Well, it's not all his fault, I don't think. Nah. He... It's... It's... Go ahead. When I think of Caillou, I think of, like, a petulant child who cannot understand that he's a child. Wants everything his way, right away, without waiting on his terms. And melts down and cries if he can't and this kid is like what a dumb I, show i hate caillou everyone hates caillou where's the caillou fan I'm, base? I'm not even a parent and i hate caillou no one likes caillou like why is why did that show last so long do kids even like it i've never Canada, met a child what are you doing like i've never met a child who's like oh caillou it's better than paw patrol no mommy I don't want to watch Bubble Guppies. I want to watch Caillou. Right? Like, I've never heard that, ever. Um, but yeah, you know, it was it was in the beginning when he's like... And I get that it's kid wish fulfillment, but he's just like telling his parents, I want my own money and my own house. You know, and it's like, okay, man. You know that it doesn't really work that way, brother. Right? <laughs> like, you know you're a kid. Like, when you're a kid, you understand those <laughs> concepts, right? Like... That's something that's like, sure, you want it, but then it's like, okay, do you want to stop playing with toys all day and get a job? 
No. Can you even if you want to? No. You know, like, you understand that when you're a kid. But in his defense, it feels like that's what his parents are kind of expecting of him. Sure. James Reborn is back, baby. Woo! I don't know who that is. Terrific. Terrific actor. He was in Independence Day. He was the dentist in 30 Rock. Oh, shit. James Reborn. He, we, we talked about it in Independence Day. Come on. Uh, I might have just... I, I wanted you to think I was cool. I might have pretended <sighs> to know who he was. I don't remember him Damn. coming up in the Independence Day episode, but that was a couple Nautiluses ago. Not a lie. <laughs> He's not lying, baby. Um... <laughs> Uh, he plays the kid's dad. Anyways, they they kind of set that expectation, like, like, see, look at your brothers. They're starting their own business, their own enterprise. The only value in this house is how much money you bring to the table. Yeah. And it's just like, well, I kind of want to do my own thing, earn money for myself. It's just like, well, what good are you, son? You don't have a job. I'm like, dad, I'm nine. <laughs> So it it sucks. You're right. Your point is correct, but he's also just kind of being coached this way. Yeah, that's, that that is true. That is true. Um, I'll give it. It's to him. super weird. The dads in all of these movies all have like weird expectations that the kids are trying to live up to. Yeah. And then they start to do it, and we as the audience are like, "Why do you care so much about this?" Yeah. And then now as an adult, I'm like looking at the dad like why do you care so much about this well i think it's like kind of a kid's interpretation of a dad you know like it's like dad's stressed about money <laughs> so kid might think like oh dad just walks around and goes money 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 all the time i don't mm -hmm. know the dads were very unrelatable in all of these movies honestly um yeah yeah you know and i'll say this man that first scene really bummed me out when he uh he doesn't have the money to to ride the roller coasters, and he has to ride all the all the dinky little rides. That was sad. And they all like bully yeah. him and make fun of him for it. Hey, come hang out with us. Psych. Oh. And it's just oh, it hurts, man. Yeah, it really did. Poor like they they, they got some emotion out of me in that. I emotioned. Yeah. No, I liked it. Um, th this was uh... also his fault for not. He he rode like two or three kitty rides. I think if he saved those six coins, he probably could have rode a cool ride and then just walked around the rest of the day. Yeah. But sure, that's just me. Sure, sure, sure. He he wasted a lot on cotton candy. We know that much already. Yeah, it went to waste. Yeah. Um, no, I think that like this movie first of all had all of the fun that Man of the House really could have used some of, and it's not that Man of the House never went there, but. This was, like, nonstop fun for, like, two acts, you know? And then... Yeah. They actually got a more uh, a more powerful emotional response out of me by being less sappy than Man of the House. You know, like, they... they yeah. They never went full, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do with their stuff, but, like, I actually felt sad at the beginning, and I got that the kid was kind of... He was being bullied, not just Dude. out of his home, but in his home he was being bullied, and... Um, yeah, you know, I, I thought that it really, it kind of hit the tone a little bit better. Can I say my favorite moment of bullying? <laughs> Ever or just in this movie? Please. <laughs> the movie, the yeah, movie. sure. Oh, when I was in third grade. Uh, no. <laughs> um, my favorite moment of bullying, and this will be related to myself too, but they call him Pres 
Pre- his name is Preston, so they call him Presto the Pesto. Yeah. And that was such a 90s bullshit, just terrible nickname of like, here's your name. It rhymes with this food item. Yeah. Burn. Yeah. And as somebody named Greg... Were you Greg? a lot of egg references. Greg the <laughs> Greg Egg? The, Greg the Egg. That's Who just, would call a kid named Greg, Greg the Egg? Let me tell you, lots of people. <laughs> that's insane! What? It rhymes. It's a food item that rhymes with Greg. Why not Greg it's the... It's the ultimate insult. Greg the Chicken Leg. Well, none of our legs were fully developed at the time. I guess. Minor currently chicken legs no you're you you do the leg work still man you're, you're ruining the gimmick not K-fabe, at the time kayfabe brother um, they didn't know that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna feed them better insults come on i mean brother you're talking to a kid who got called dennis the menace every fucking day um listen i i empathize with you greatly <laughs> yeah I, I disqualified someone who suggested that movie i was like nope we're not doing no it. that movie's caused me personal harm and victimization <laughs> And now in my adult life, I just I get called a uh, Danny every single day. So, Ugh. yeah, every day it happens at least once. Ah, that's not true. I'd wager at least five or six times a week I get called Danny, and I hate it. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, constantly. By people that are just like, uh, there's a Mr. Pumpkin here. You to see you? Yeah. No. Just yeah. Like... It, it really. It's usually that. I have a couple. Yeah, every once in a while, someone who knows me pretty well will call me Danny, and I'll be like, you've thought my name was Danny this whole time. Um, but oh. usually it's like, uh, can I get a name for this order situation? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it it just it gets under my skin every single time. And so if you ever hear me introduce myself, I really enunciate the E in my name. I'm always like, hi, my name is denny like the restaurant. And people are like, oh, Danny's, my favorite breakfast place. I got you, You did Danny. it. We got beers with John Watson Jr. last Friday, and you introduce yourself to some new friends, yep. like Denny, like the breakfast restaurant. Yep. There's a and reason they laughed, I do that. And they did not mispronounce your name for the rest of the night. There's a reason I well do done. that. Think of me anyway. over breakfast, and you're already thinking of me, is usually my next line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Press of the Pesto sucks. Um, that was lame. I don't know. I don't know why he's hanging out with these kids. Uh, they're all everybody's outfit though in that whole scene. I was like, I, I feel like I had that shirt. I wore my hat like that. My shorts. My my shirt was also tucked into my shorts, which were pulled up that high. I mean, you literally like, sent me a picture of you dressed like that in the '90s today. So oh, I got more. I got a lot true. more. I got a lot more. Look out, Twitter! It's coming for you. It's coming for you. You're Dude, gonna what be I like is... the egg. <laughs> Don't call me that. It's traumatizing. That's such a stupid... Like, what's wrong with eggs, first of all? Sorry, we, we already did this whole discussion. But I'm just still like... What the fuck is that for an insult? Want me to transition for you? Yeah. The kid that called him Presto the Pesto? He was pretty good about getting him the blank check in that film. He's just like... Yeah, I feel like... Maybe he's actually super hurt when uh, Preston gets backed into by the car. Well, his bike gets run over. Yeah. He's fine. The kid's fine. Preston's just like, nah, I bet he's super concussed. You better give him a bunch of money. <laughs> that kid ruled. Like, he was his biggest enemy for the whole beginning of the film, but he was his wingman in the moment where it counted. Yeah, kids gotta stick together when they're fighting mobsters. I guess this guy... <laughs> 
we didn't know he was a mobster. He was an escaped convict, technically, but he had mobster energy. Like, he was doing this, like, I own the town type of thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, we really should have done Goodfellas for our third movie. Um, I just think we we're starting. We're, we're starting with Blank Check and working our way up to Goodfellas, so... <laughs> Um, so you mentioned last week that this was a great movie, except for the pedophilia scene, which I didn't remember from childhood. And so I, I also didn't remember that it was more than one. More than Go one. Go ahead. Um, first of all, watching this movie, every scene felt high tension because I didn't know when it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I raised the stakes. Um, yeah, you know, um... <laughs> There was a certain point, because, like, you know, something that can be cute in movies that they, like, almost made cute in this movie is, like, it's a really normal thing for, like, a kid to have a crush on an older person because they're, like, a safe, not-actually-existent possibility to express, like, feelings of affection mm-hmm. for. And if and they're, like, in- entertaining their notions, too. It's just like, well, maybe when you're older, kid, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, like, but around the time they were dancing in the fountain it went yep. from yep 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 it went from yep. big sister's friend being yep. nice to entertaining the idea you know <laughs> like it was weird man it was it was weird. like entertaining the idea to like starting to develop real feelings and just like oh no stop 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 However, constructive criticism to the filmmakers, I really think Preston should have tried to do the trench coat trick with that red-haired kid and passes Mr. McIntosh and go on a date with her. (laughs) Put on a hat and a trench coat and sit on another kid's shoulders. We're gonna little rascals this. They really robbed us of a a potentially classic cinematic moment by not at least doing (laughs) one scene where he tried it. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Um, we'll we'll continue this topic and then we'll be done with it. But the pedophilia scene that I was referencing was the uh, adult banker woman who turned out to be an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. In the end, getting close to Preston to get close to the fabled Mister McIntosh kind of found finds out the truth, but has developed like a fondness for Preston that seems innocent, but then you watch it now, and maybe it doesn't seem so innocent. And in a scene that I'm sure you can find on YouTube very easily, gives him a kiss on the mouth. Yeah. And in that scene, they're saying, like, why don't you uh, talk to me in ten years? And he says, how about seven? And she says, six. Or something like that. They, like, negotiate the age that it's okay for the two of them to date. Yeah, and I think I I did the math at the time in my head, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it wound up being when he's 17. (laughs) Which is not okay. I feel like it was younger than that, but either way, yeah, it still wasn't, still not good. (laughs) Yeah, my reaction was basically, yo, what the fuck is this Pizzagate shit that I'm looking at in the climax of my movie? (laughs) (laughs) Holy fuck. We got FBI agents dating children. Of all the people that I didn't need to get the girl at the end, it was the child. Yeah, they never gave him, like, 
like I feel like just the really obvious route is to like give him an age appropriate love interest if you want to do that you know like have him have the crush on the older woman but really there was like the girl down the street a younger sister or yeah yeah you know like something along those lines um and then they just are like like you could like if you didn't do the kiss you could have left it at like maybe in 20 years if neither of us is married i'll think about it and that could have been kind of funny you know like but yeah um but then but then you kissed him yeah and then you said like maybe in seven years which like definitely still a child anyway you slice it he haggles her down into being a pedophile also in the future it's it was not good it was yeah that was some epstein shit we saw in that movie um that was very uncomfortable for me um are we are we are we done with pedophilia talk can we get into the 90s shit yeah let's just uh, i'm 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 starting to get those like uncomfortable feelings let's just stuff them right down and focus on a nostalgic aesthetic that's right stuff them down into a into a backpack full of cash which is his entire system (laughs) of keeping track of all of his money he has like a whole computer screen, mm-hmm. right? Like a whole TV system up on the wall in that fake office that's just like here's all your expenditures, here's your money, here's your debits. But his real system is just cash in the backpack yeah. that he takes on his bike to the park. Yeah. It's all just stuffed in there. Dude, and on that note, even as a kid, a kid in the 90s I knew a million dollars didn't go that far. Like, why didn't he just write like a hundred billion on the check and solve all those problems? You know, like, um, <laughs> I knew, like, dude. First of all, that castle house, even in '90s money, going for three hundred k is insane. Dude, that that's kind of the one thing people point to is just like the housing market back then like he got a million dollars and he got this literal castle which i think it was funny that it was down the street from him personally yeah. <laughs> i'm sure the neighbors hated the hoa must have despised that place you can't turn your house into a castle what if we're rich watch okay. us <laughs> and they still sold it for 300k probably i but like watching it now i think it was just like we can't sell this literal castle we can't even furnish this place. <laughs> like, you can't hang anything on the walls. It's all stone. What were we thinking? Making a real castle. <laughs> we got to sell it for under asking price. I think that's what happened. That's my theory. But What are they going to do? Put a 16 screen VR headset on the wall? <laughs> <laughs> as long as they promise to keep with the aesthetic and not install a water slide from the upstairs office. <laughs> It just doesn't fit the theme. <laughs> doesn't fit our vision for the home. Yeah. We just can't afford to live here anymore. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would have, even in the 90s, 90s money, I get inflation happened, and it's pretty much double now. Uh, 300K was a little low. I, it's, how, how hard is it to have the kid ask for, like, 100 million? Or five. Yeah. Five million. Dude, one million wouldn't have gone that far and i knew that when i was like seven (laughs) real quick real quick and it's bothered me 
uh, I think since maybe like the second or third time I saw it, uh, he didn't do a test print. He had one check to work with. Yeah. And he just like put it on the notes document, the <laughs> Word file, and it was just like, this will line up perfectly. It just threw it in the printer. Didn't test it. Yeah. If it if it covers the signature, you're screwed. You don't get your million dollars. Yeah. You didn't test it once. You I'm glad it worked out for him. Or why not just write one million dollars with your hand? <laughs> you didn't even need the printer, you know? Well, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he didn't need the printer at all. <laughs> he did. I didn't realize that till I said it. But he totally didn't need the printer. <laughs> he could have just wrote it down. <laughs> I think they put it in there just for the opening line, Dude, which because <laughs> go ahead, yeah. When the dad said, "This software here will teach you how to do everything other than make love to a woman," I was like, "Man." That guy really underestimated the potentials of a computer. <laughs> <laughs> I learned uh, I learned a lot about making love to a woman from from computers. Didn't didn't the wife have like a one liner about that too? <laughs> the wife had several one liners about how she's her husband just like, can't well, maybe her. you. Sh- it's like, well, quit that, darling. Yeah. Oh, or she was like, "Oh, she, I know what to ask for for my birthday or something." I don't know. She. she yeah. I. Whatever. This man. She, this woman doesn't her. have a lot of orgasms, and they felt the need to let us know that, like four or five times. <laughs> they really wanted us to know this kid's mom doesn't come a lot. <laughs> they really wanted that in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who does know how to please a woman? Much older woman. Who? Her nine-year-old son. I thought we were done with pedophilia. I had to throw one, one last, one last little young underage jab in there, <laughs> real quick. Um, uh, when I was a kid, just to completely change the subject from uh from pedophilia. Please do. Tone Locke's character. Um, yes. When I thought. Yes. When I was a kid, I thought his name I love being him. Juice was an O.J. Simpson reference. <laughs> oh, you thought that as a kid? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, O.J. was everywhere when I was a kid, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought they were, like, intentionally, like, winking at the camera and being like, Juice, you know that guy in the news? <laughs> in the Bronco, you guys? Yeah. You know? No. From the news a couple years ago? T- Tone Locke was awesome in this movie, man. He was really good. He was. Dude, uh, one of my notes is actually Juice might be my favorite character. Without a doubt. Well, oh, Henry's my favorite character. I was going to say, uh, I'm going to wrap up on Juice and we'll talk about Henry. Yeah. Uh, his Juice's voice, Tone Locke's voice, he's incredible. Like, he sounds so cool. He's got, like, this great comedic presence of, like, serious bad guy, but also, like, understanding the humor of the scene. Yeah. And I think that's, like, partially how it was written and, like, partially his performance. But, like, he's really good in this. Like, yeah, he's... he's... Funniest person in the movie, hands down. Yeah. Because, like, he, he, he fits that balance of, like, being serious. Like, he's the baddest guy. Yeah. 
in the movie like he's the guy that the bad guy sends yeah. to do the dirty work yeah but then he's like <laughs> he's having trouble wrangling this kid on his bike like <laughs> <laughs> yeah saying some saying some really funny one-liners too like he he's really good yeah i know and you know he had that vibe of like uh he's hard as nails but he's also kind of dumb you know like so any he, he, i think he played the character really well um, but not like super dumb. He he's no, like he's not like a buffoon, but like a kid. Can yeah, get he his doesn't. Goat, you know. Yeah, he's not total buffoon. He feels like he has a little bit of empathy with the kid, like understanding. Like he's kind of the self-aware character. Yeah. He's like the one pointing out, like you guys realize we're losing to a kid, right? Yeah. Like that kind of character. Well, he seems like, very uh, emotionally uninvested in what he's doing. Like it's just a job mm-hmm. to him. You know, he's just like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got to transport this money, and it, it all got fucked up. So I guess I have to go along for this whole rigmarole, you know? Like, but yeah. it's, it doesn't seem like he ever actually gave a shit. He was more like, end it, you know? Like, let's just get this taken <laughs> care of. I've got more to my life than this, you know? Like, that's that's kind of what was going on with him. Dude, what a great character. Um, yeah. Um, what about Henry? Uh, you were talking about Man of the House. Um like the effectiveness of a kid movie uh we talked about this a lot in way way back in episode two about hot boy summer and talking about heavyweights henry reminds me a lot of that character like the adult character that relates same here yeah. i thought of him while i was watching it it's like i th- i feel like he's a less effective version of that character from heavyweights but he still fills that same role of like the adult that's just like pretty quickly wrapped up into the kid side of things he's like understands things from a kid point of view and for a kid's movie that helps a lot to carry the kid into like adult understanding to make it more accessible and also like just make the whole thing more fun for kids like here's here's a grown-up that'll get you into the stores and drive you around but he's like in on the jokes he's he's got the same sense of humor as you guys sure. you kids you youths yeah like he he's one of you it's 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 a good character i think it wasn't as good as the guy in bench form or uh, sorry not bench <laughs> heavy heavyweights yeah. sorry uh but but he still uh completed that role very well uh that actor though uh i looked him up he apparently passed away like a few years ago yeah, I, saw that. I didn't realize yeah, yeah rest in peace because he he did a great job in this movie and uh you know he really reminded me of something i'll say to parents a lot is uh well i used to work with kids more i I only sporadically work with kids now um but uh in therapy i'm a therapist to new listeners um but uh he's not mr mcintosh don't worry no but what i say to parents a lot is i'm like hey you want to know who your kids are going to listen to they're going to listen to the people who accept them the way they are. And if that's not you, I can't guarantee it's going to be someone with their best interest in mind. Um, Mm -hmm. And Henry did have his best interest in mind. He was an ideal scenario, you know? Um, Yeah. No, but he was like, I think this is an important role in every kid's life is to have an adult they look up to who does not have the responsibility of raising them. Mm-hmm. You know, like to have an adult who they trust, who's a good role model, who's a good person, 
also doesn't have to worry about how they did on their math homework. You know, like it's just, it's a role that a parent can't fulfill. Um, and I just think that's a really cool thing for a kid to have is just, you know, a grown up they look up to, that they relate to, that they can have fun with, that they can emulate, who doesn't really have to punish them ever. You know, <laughs> like, you know, that doesn't have to worry about how they're doing and doesn't have all the pressures that a parent has you know like a parent there's a lot of responsibility on your head um and henry's a really cool example of like a non-toxic healthy adult um knew his boundaries knew his role but like you know really related to the kid because he didn't patronize him and he had actual fun with him and that's something mm -hmm. kids really need and um all that goes to say i do have to call him out uh he did have a really good type five about idioms but he did some real mental gymnastics to make it seem like putting things in cat's butts came up organically. And he seemed to be testing oh, the waters yeah. to see what response he got. <laughs> this dude likes to put stuff in cat butts, and that's his thats his tragic flaw. We were ad-libbing. <laughs> we were ad-libbing. We caught him ad-libbing and yeah. just kept the wrong stuff in the edit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like... Knowing knowing the boundaries is really important, and like, man, I had something else to say, but I forgot. Well, shit. Well, shit. Yeah, I think I've said what I need to say about this movie. You have anything else? Oh man, I'm looking through my notes here. It's mostly pedophile related. Um, <laughs> when he when they're chasing him through the park, the adult criminal is saying, "Your butt is mine." multiple times <laughs> god damn it Greg he's already being targeted this way so we didn't need to pile on um I like the part where the, the <laughs> Preston gets in the uh, go-kart and locks the villain in like a little hamster hamster ball thing and knocks him around like they're playing Rocket League that was great Proto that was cool <laughs> yeah Oh, man. I uh, I wanted to comment on uh, when he put the bad banker in the VR headset. Was he using his <laughs> VR to simulate dropping acid? Because that scared the shit out of me. Like It was like a fucking salvia trip. Like, what the fuck was he playing on that headset? Anime, it looked like, on the TV. I don't know. That's <laughs> why, another reason why we need to ban anime. <laughs> it's gone too far. Oh my goodness. That headset was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Michael Lerner played the banker guy. Very prolific he's, he's, actor, Michael Lerner. I love him. He's the uh, borderline buffoon, but also like bad guy with that confused, like, a kid's doing this kind of face. Yeah. Like, he he's great. I, I liked him well, in this he, movie. He just too. never seemed like he wanted to be in this deep. You know, like, he was keeping his, mm -hmm. his criminal ally happy. But he just like, wanted it to all go away and really probably lives like a pretty normal life, but there's an inherent level corruption of that level of uh, banking. You know, like... Uh, yeah. So, I don't know, man. He, he was he was your sympathetic wise guy, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, Denny, um, I'm going to ask you what your favorite 90s relic is. Uh, but first, this is not a 90s relic, but a 90s line 
that I really like. I'm going to combine our two gimmicks and say my favorite 90s line is, how could you spend a million dollars in six days? And my response is literally just fucking watch me. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, what's your favorite 90s relic that you saw in the film? You know, I'm kind of torn because this movie had a lot of montages that I really liked. And they did them like <laughs> back to back to lot. back with like one line of dialogue in between. And I never got tired of it. Um, but ultimately I'm going to go with that the kid's dad drove a station wagon. I liked station wagons a lot and I meant, yeah, fuck that. That's not as cool as like 10 montages. I'm picking the montages. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Um, as, oh, yeah, okay. I'm changing it live on the air. Um, when wow. I said it out loud, I was like, fuck that station wagon. Um, <laughs> I, I love station wagons. Always have, always will. My neighbor's dad had I, one. I was nodding. I, I was nodding my head in respect to your answer, but uh, you know, I changed my mind. Um, yeah, my friend's dad had a station wagon, and I love to ride in the way way back. I also think that movie's pretty pretty chill. <sighs> nice. I'm gonna go with like just so many montages and it not getting old. <laughs> like they unironically <laughs> did, just like there's like three or four montages with like just nothing in between them. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. so great <laughs> uh mine is the reasonable housing market uh just kidding uh mine is the giant wall of crt televisions with a gigantic comically huge vr headset hooked up to it yeah that was that cool doesn't the two things don't seem related with what's going on and how everyone's reacting, but... <laughs> it reminds me of something you'd see in, like, a mall window display in the 90s, you know? Wow, 24, 20-inch 20 <laughs> tube television. Yeah. It's got to be hot back there. Most definitely. <laughs> they would have burned a house down with that. Yeah. Uh. Well, I think I already said my favorite line, which is, the software will teach you uh, how to do everything other than make love to a woman. Um, mm -hmm. But I'll, I'll find another one. Um, yeah, I actually really line? liked when yeah. when the kid cashes the check. Uh, I suppose you want big bills. Actually, regular size would be okay. <laughs> yes, you too, dude. That's my that's my runner up. What's your favorite? I, I do have it. I have it in my notes. I have two in my notes, and that one's my second one. But my favorite one is Henry talking to Preston, and Henry says, "You get home, you got a pocket full of hot wings." Whew, nothing more that impresses a woman. Oh, no, I, that stuck with me in childhood. I, I, I almost mentioned, for me it was, uh, the reason I didn't quote that as my favorite line was because I loved his whole monologue and I wasn't going to write the whole thing down to quote. But like, It was a good, it was a nice good long bit. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. No, Henry was great, man. A true bro through and through. And uh, I liked him a lot. And also... Shout out to Henry, the character, for when the movie ended. He didn't be like, what if we just had a lifelong friendship as an adult and a kid? <laughs> he was just like, well, this is where the road ends, huh? All right, bye. <laughs> like, he didn't try to do Off to the next kid that fills out a blank check. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was like, yeah, so we're probably not going to hang out anymore, but this was fun. <laughs> this 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 bucket of ice cream is a farewell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What do you where, where are you placing this on Critiker? Uh man, this is another one where my 
projected ranking wasn't really anything special. Yeah. Uh, I gave this one a 22 out of 40. Uh, just under a 6. I, this feels kind of low, but the pedophilus, pedof, pedophilia scenes are kind of killing me right now, you know? No, that's fair. Um, Critiker told me to give this a 5 out of 50. Um, that's a 1 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> where did you Where did you stick it, though? I, I gave... Well... That's what she said, first mm. and foremost. Um, hey. I gave it a 23, so uh, okay, pretty close to you. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm keeping up with my reputation as an easier grader than you, um, but it's honestly, I, I cannot convert fractions in my head, so you you tell me. Uh, <laughs> you you actually ranked it a little lower than I Oh, had. really? Yeah, yeah, you know, um, I think this is a movie that, like, the man of the house tries to have emotional content and fails so i think it opens itself up to criticism mm -hmm. first kid really doesn't go there like they do a little or so fuck first kid the movie we did <laughs> like sorry and then the third movie blank check go I ahead was the nautilus talking um <laughs> blank, blank check really doesn't go there um so it just to me it feels kind of dumb to criticize um it's also just not amazing you know like really i guess you could say i'm giving this a 23 out of 30 because i think that's what i'm going for is like a kid's movie a 30 is the best um yeah but like a regular movie a 50 is the best i just i don't know i don't know what to tell you other than it just kind of felt right this doesn't really blow me away it wasn't one of my favorites as a kid and as a kid i actually i so i ranked this higher than man of the house but uh me too yeah, yeah. as a kid i liked man of the house way better than this but i think blank check holds up a little better it stands the test of time a little bit better in the sense that it's just like dude it's just a kid having fun so just have fun with yeah it. You know, like, that's, that's kind of where I land on it. It's just... It really goes all out with the whimsical kid yeah, wish fulfillment stuff. This is where, so far from reality. Yeah. You know, like, Man of the House is really trying to be grounded, but you've got, like, fucking Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keats, mobsters running around, like, that are total <laughs> slapstick fuck-ups, you know? Like, you don't you don't get both, is what I'm saying. Blank check yeah. really just doesn't give a shit about what would really happen in real life, and I think that's what makes it a fun kids movie. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bump it up a little bit more. Nice, yeah, man. Now that's what I call seamless edit. <laughs> Volume forty eight. <laughs> oh man, did we just do a kids bop? I don't know. We're here to talk about Brink. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, I said it wrong. Brink! <laughs> just peed a little. <laughs> There's an exclamation mark there, folks. We're back for our third movie of movies for when only 90s kids will understand. We should do a gimmick like when we said, uh, every time we said treasure on the last episode, we said it like Nick Cage says it in National Treasure. We should say Brink with an exclamation mark and every, and every time we say it. We have to win the invitation. 
classic uh, classic Glee storyline right there. That's 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 classic regional. <laughs> we have to make regionals. <laughs> regionals, if I've ever seen it. What the hell are regionals? Uh, <laughs> you know, Greg. What's up? I really need to confess something before Brink. Well, Brink. I got another confession to make. I've never seen Brink. You too. Sorry, go ahead. You too. No, that's the Food Fighters. Oh. Not you too. Well, you spoiled my confession because I have been lying since 1998. <laughs> this is five layers of fucking stupid. I just. <laughs> I wanted people to think I was cool, and I got in too deep, and I didn't know how to get out of it. This was my first. And time. You're trying to keep. You're trying to keep your head. Don't push me. Well, instead I'm of close to the edge. Because you're in too deep, oh, and you're trying oh, to keep. I didn't even do the right song. Up and puff your head. Instead of going under, under, because I'm too in deep. too brink. <laughs> Since I was eight years old, I just wanted people to think I was cool and acted like I've seen Brink. Brink! Oh, Brink! And uh, this was actually my first time watching it. This was your first time? Wow. Dude, um, I'm not going to pass judgment because... My parents didn't get cable until 2009. Ooh. So what? I yeah, they I I didn't have Disney Channel. I thought it was on as a kid. For a while Disney Channel was basic, wasn't it? No, it was like basic cable or basic I channels. Thought it was, we I thought we it had was network we had for a while it was lower. No. How? I mean, ABC is Disney, but yeah, we had the Rabbit Ears. We never had Disney Channel original movies when I was a kid. Hashtag DCOM. Um, I had to go to see uh, these movies, like The Luck of the Irish and Break, at a friend's house. Uh, were, were you, like, super into Arthur as a kid? Oh my god, yes I was. <laughs> you didn't have a lot of options, I understand. I was super into Arthur. I believe you. Which, like, me and my brother will still quote, like, the jokes to each other now, because that's all we watched. <laughs> They're still pretty funny. Arthur was a good show, man. It really was. Arthur was a good show. And when it's the only show, it becomes an amazing show. <laughs> PBS makes good shit. They don't get a lot of credit for it, but they've been pumping out quality content for decades, man. Come on and Zoom. So, I think when we launch a Patreon, I actually asked a friend of the show, Troy Stewart, if I could interview him about what it was like to meet the cast of Brink. Um, and if it weren't so late at night, I would have just I would have oh, just yeah. sent him the invite to join our chat right now. But uh, he's a teacher, and it is 11.22 p.m., and I promise he is asleep by now. Um, but yeah. he, he is willing to do an interview about what it was like we both to should the be. cast of Brink when they came to Wilson Creek's Gate Place in McKinney. Yeah, something you teased last episode that happened, but you weren't a part of, which I really like. <laughs> I found out about it from Troy, and I just thought it was so fucking cool. <laughs> just, just like this movie, it's something we weren't a part of, but we think is cool. <laughs> Most definitely. I've, I've been a poser uh, for a long time, man, and now I'm initiated. Well, you guys made us watch this one. This is the one that won our straw poll by one vote. One vote. Closest mm -hmm. poll we have ever had. 
Yeah, uh, thank you to everybody that voted. Um, barely beat out Good Burger, which I was kind of expecting to win. I think I I voted for Brink. You'd voted for Good yes. Burger, so our votes kind of canceled out. <laughs> um, so in the end, it didn't even matter. Uh, Brink won. Uh, it's a movie that I watched part of at a friend's house as a child. Uh, it was on with a few roommates when I was living with a bunch of people in like 2011, 2012, somewhere around there. Uh, but I was, I had too many drinks to really remember what went on. And then I watched it over the course of this morning and this afternoon. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, than I thought I remembered it being. Like, I kind of, I, I pretty much enjoyed Dude, it. Dude, I, I felt the same, honestly. This was fun. It was, uh, it was definitely dialed up in terms of, like, uh, I don't know, man. Just, like, exaggerated 90s shit. Um, yeah. It, Gre- it's part of it. Greg and I were really racing to get this movie done in time to record tonight. Um, I was watching it at a restaurant on my lunch break on my phone at a table for one today at work <laughs> that's that's where i finished brink <laughs> i downloaded it because i knew in advance the restaurant had bad signal and i didn't want anything to get in my way so i downloaded Dude, it i really appreciate that <laughs> um i started it this morning when uh the dog woke me up with little kisses on my Aww. face at like six o'clock in the morning <laughs> After after a night of uh, dread and anxiety, where I didn't, I only got a couple hours of sleep, um, and then I was just like, "Fuck it, might as well start bringing <laughs> <laughs> turn on the TV and started watching and had a good time, honestly." Dude, no, like this was of the three movies we watched, the only one where I really had fun watching it. The other two, I was like, "Ah." Uh, I can remember what it was like to love this as a child, but ultimately I grew up, (laughs) you know, like, um, Mm -hmm. Brink, Brink really hit all my nostalgia buttons and was again, like you said, a very fun movie. Um, even in 2021, you know, you, you can, you can laugh at how hokey it is, but it was fun. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Um, before we get into why we liked it and why we thought it was fun, let's summarize the plot oh, of shit. Brink that thing. real quick. Yeah. Uh, do you want it or do you want me Go to do it? Go Brink is a Disney Channel original movie about <laughs> a young man who goes by the name of Brink to his friends. Uh, he is an inline skater. Like you. An inline skater. Like I was as a like child. Like you are as an adult. I am. A, I. I. I'll show you later. But I just. I bought rollerblades this me. last you weekend. Me ah, they're over here though. I'm gonna show you on video. Um, <laughs> yeah, I rollerbladed a lot as a kid. I wanted to do all the tricks. I wanted to be in the X Games. I wanted to be in the Brink Invitationals. <laughs> um, it's about a kid and his friends who wants to they just want to go out and skate and have fun enter in competitions he knows he's really good but it doesn't matter if he's the best or whatever he just wants to have fun with his friends and skate his family runs into a little bit of trouble the competing group of sponsored skaters the x blades 
coaxed them into the fold of sponsorship and shallowness. He joins the X-Blades in an attempt to get money for his family, but he decides, ultimately, that the only thing that matters about skating is the passion. Mm, soul skating. Soul skating, mm. buddy. We're soul podcasters, you we know really that? We are. We don't get paid for this. Everyone wants to Even sponsor if... us, and we just keep saying it's for the love of the game. Sponsors are lined up out the door. We want to give you money, and we say, no, we're not sellouts. <laughs> Dude. We're soul podcasters. That is something that super did not age well in our understanding of economics of, like, the economy was so booming in the 90s that you could be like, I'll turn down money to do what I love. <laughs> I want to do it for fun. I was watching this movie like, and I was like... To do the same thing that he already yeah. loves. Go on, no, sorry. I was like, if you can get paid to skate, fucking take it. You know? <laughs> like, it really, really didn't translate to, like, 2021's understanding of, like, economics. It's like, dude, that's a dream, man. The same way that I'm like, the second someone wants to give us a bunch of money to do this, I'll take it. <laughs> like if that, yeah, absolutely. If that ever happens, I will gladly receive payment to fuck around with you and talk about movies, Greg. That would be a dream come true. There just won't be as much passion behind my flat 540s, bruh. more passion in what I do on this podcast because I will be less stressed from doing my job if I get, if I can right. get a bunch of money to do this. <laughs> Give me some fucking money. I was like, dude, Brink, get your bag, man. Like, get yeah. your bag and fuck your friends who are judging you for it. Maybe, like, just <sighs> everyone should be happy if someone gets paid to skate. That rules. That's amazing. That's right. And, and and they're kind of like referencing in the beginning like man one of the photographers is here we'll get in a magazine we'll be cool we'll be sponsored and then turns out the photographer is not for the not there for them they're there for the exploits and they're just like whatever bunch of sellouts yeah fuck you so, you wanted it until you couldn't have it eat shit <laughs> for the rest of the movie yeah fuck off all right um my first note on this movie is we wasted 0.2 seconds getting into the movie. I understand this was made for TV at the time, but they just like I hit I hit play on Disney Plus and it was just like no opening credits, no production companies. Here's the movie. We're going. And it was just quick and I was just like relieved. Yeah. An anti-pig if I may. We've been through a lot of production company openings lately. Even in a, mm -hmm. a, I saw Candyman yesterday, and I really, like, I had a moment where I thought the movie was starting, and it was just another production company thing. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the one where the guy shoots the arrow through the axes? Uh, believe it or not, it was uh, Jordan Peele's Monkey Paw. Like, they, they, oh. they added, like, a little, like, we're in the house type of thing before the, the tea stir from Get Out. Um, I was like, oh, son of a bitch, they got me. <laughs> hell yeah uh man this is <laughs> i was kind of hoping to say like is his legal name brink like is he a dj 
Like it says Brink on his birth certificate. No, his last name is uh, Brinker. Yeah, oh. I know. that was a Lego Movie reference. Oh, I thought I thought I was gonna get to do a reverse Treasure Planet on you. Treasure. treasure. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like that he just even his own parents refer to him as a nickname, which is just like a play on words of all of their collective last name. Yeah, like they just go along with it. I was actually gonna start like like if your if your parents called you Tay like Tay for Taylor yeah. <laughs> like that's that's their last name too they don't have to do that. Well, I was gonna start doing that with you because you're skating again, and I was like, well, I'd just be calling him John, and that's just like a guy's name, so I can't even do the bit. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> don't do that. It's stupid. So. uh... This was a movie where uh, there were a lot of people who played interesting roles in other movies. Um, the dude who plays Brink is Sid in Toy Story, which I thought was pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, also, Boomer is the OG mm-hmm. Black Ranger from Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. yeah. I knew I'd seen him, so I had to look it up. Um I, I was gonna look him up because he looked familiar, but I didn't I didn't see that. You don't forget ahead that round, man. That dude had a round head. <laughs> Fit nicely in that it, helmet, yeah. That was helmet head. I've heard of helmet hair, but helmet head that's amazing. Um <laughs> And then I actually forget the character's name because I just called her what I recognized her from, which is a super obscure Nickelodeon teen Nick show, which I assume you never watched, but I did. It was called Taina, um, the girl who was from uh, Peru. Um, she, mm-hmm. Gabriela. Gabriela, that was her name. Um, Gabriela. She played, uh, she played Taina on a Teen Nick show, and I just I remember the theme song so well. Um, so I just I'm sure that's a real show. It is. I just called her Taina the whole time. No, I can't wait to see my man in lights. No one's gonna stop me. That's copyrighted. Stop, 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 Dude, uh, just like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, uh, at least they're wearing the helmet, but they're not strapping it on. Yeah. Buckle it, kids. It's... Concussions aren't funny. They were in the 90s, Greg. They didn't have the hair like he did. You just oh Brink Brink had good hair, man. Brink had good hair. He didn't have Jonathan Taylor Thomas well, hair. No though. one does, man. No, but he does. Jennifer Aniston wishes. Yeah, that's right. I said it. <laughs> She's girl Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Thomas. she wishes she had Jonathan Taylor Thomas hair. Got her ass. <laughs> uh, buckle your helmet, guys. It's not a prop. Um. <laughs> Uh, I put in my notes that this is more of a time capsule of ridiculous 90s yeah. shit than a movie. Yeah. And I said that before it turned into, like, a movie that I was actually kind of enjoying. Yeah, I kind of wanted to it's know like, what happened, man. I got invested. It's just like, ah, 90s phrases, rad stuff, cool rollerblade <laughs> tricks. I'm just like, ah, this is just a bunch of 90s garbage. The acting is terrible. Yeah. And then I was... I got more and more invested in it. Same here, man. I, I went on the same journey. And uh, on the note of 90s phrases, when there's a point where Brink says, 
uh, it was so sweet. But he enunciated really weirdly, and I thought he said, "Yeah, yeah." He had a huge gap, right? He said, "So wheat," and yeah. I was like, "Wheat, like wheat thins." Like I thought he was like, "Oh, cream, dude, cream of wheat." Yeah, that that party was so wheat thins. <laughs> like, I was like, I must have missed that. I wasn't a very cool kid, it but was so wheat <laughs> that I could have made bread out of it. <laughs> Oh man, I I know I, I, I got hooked though, man. I wanted to know what would happen. Mm. Um, Tasty Nautilus. I, I I was I was gonna criticize the performances, um, but just like I would rather them get a bunch of kids that know how to skate than have like kids that know how to act and then like thirty-two-year-old body doubles yeah. that can skate. Yeah. So it the authenticity was there like maybe these kids are just bad at expressing emotion but they can sure skate. So I didn't I didn't look into stunt doubles but I I, I didn't I didn't have time to look up the trivia as I said I was watching this in public yeah. on my <laughs> lunch break today. Um, so um but I was like I was watching in the movie for stunt doubles and I was like man if they use doubles it was pretty convincing. Like they did a pretty good job. I I only I only spotted a couple moments where I think that was going yeah. on, but it wasn't super obvious. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we're in the same same boat yeah, here. Man. Um, same Nautilus. Same Nautilus as we always are. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Honestly, I mostly like again. This is another movie, even more so than Blank Check, where I'm like. I just feel like I'd be up my own ass if I really analyzed it. You know, if I really wanted to break it down, it's like, dude, it's a Disney Channel original movie. You know, yeah. like, am I really going to get into, like, character motivation and themes on, on on a DCOM? You know, that's... I will. Go for it, Greg. Uh, get into <laughs> it. Uh, themes? Man, dads. Oh. Boy. Boy, we dads, had some man, rough dads. dads. Rough Ooh. dads today. We had, this is a rough dad episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this dad might have been my least favorite. Can I can I it's can I like, tell the world what you texted me today in regards to that dad? Uh please, I think I forgot. I don't understand my son and I'm not going to try. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that is what I said. It was really funny. He's just like He's just always agitated. Everything he does, he's like, like, oh, we speak English in this family. Don't use this jargon and catchphrases and cool stuff. And then he's just like, hey, I'm going to earn your adult income every week doing something I'm fucking really good yeah. at. No! <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah isn't it a good dad move to be like hey if you could do something you love and are good at and make more money than me and you want to give that to the family because i'm struggling with a very real disability thank mm -hmm. you <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like, isn't that a cool dad move it's like it's his motivation could have gone like I don't want to capitalize on like I don't want to use my son. Let him have a childhood, right? Like that would have been his yeah, story. Yeah, let him have a childhood. I don't I don't want him to earn money for us. I don't he's not the breadwinner. He's 15 years old. That's too much pressure yeah. for him. 
but instead he's just like, you already do this thing so much, now you're gonna do it mm -hmm. more? End of argument. Like, it's like, what other potential did this kid have? Like, he can hang with the number one nationally ranked skater, but they never showed us, like, you're so good at physics, but all you ever yeah, do he, is skate. I, they never did anything like I, that. I don't know if he's acing chemistry or not. He doesn't but... seem like it. He's he's doing fine. He shows up at Dude, least. He's kicking ass at life is what I saw. Like that's right. Uh, the only thing that ever happened is like he was parentized and abandoned his friends because he felt the pressure to be an adult when he was a child. And that's like and the... that's when his life got hard. <laughs> you know, like his mom even called the dad out on it too. He was she was just like. Well, at the big well, she didn't say this, but this is me paraphrasing. At the beginning of the movie, you were complaining about how happy he was, and now here in the second act, you're complaining about how sad he is. Yeah. And yeah, I thought that was calling out exactly how I felt. Whoever complains she because their teenage son is too happy, too agreeable, wakes up in the morning <laughs> ready to rock, loves loves his family. Even, like, his sister, who, like, they seem to have a sibling rivalry by the end of it. It's like, ah, they're playful. They're not taking it personal. You know, like, it's... Yeah, like, exactly. It's, like, perfect son. Um, and then he's like, he's too sad. Why can't he literally be a piece of furniture who's completely emotionally neutral this whole time? And then he gets, like, really, like, burning the candles on both mm -hmm. ends and just, like, upset and just, like stretched way too thin and he's like i'm having such a hard time like where's this attitude coming from and like, yeah is this, is this what you wanted and even in like more or less the emotional scene where they talk in the garage the dad like still blames mm -hmm. him he's never like sorry son i shouldn't have like pressured you to have like a career as a world-class celebrity um, I should have just let you have fun with your friends. He's always like, you know, son, you really fucked up when you betrayed your friends for that sponsorship because of that financial pressure I always talk about that you took the upon lesson... yourself when I didn't do anything active about it. <laughs> As your father, the lesson I've learned is you should be a good friend. <laughs> Every... Everything I've done so far... Pretty solid. <laughs> I hope you learned something here today. I learned a lesson about you, son. Because <laughs> I'm just fucking kicking ass. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was rough. Enough about enough about dad. I don't know, man. Uh, Is there ever enough about dad? What about the other characters? I feel like the char the main characteristic of everybody else was just their level of attitude defined their character well i mean yeah if they however however much attitude they showed it's just oh are you a wuss or something like however cool or however much attitude they showed was who they yeah. were that's pretty much true to the bitter end um and i think we need to give uh real props to val aka evil will friedel the antagonist of the movie 
he was like the Disney bizarro Will Friedle. Um Nice. He had the most attitude out of everyone there, man. And he was the number one ranked skater in the United States, right? Yeah. That's right. For this age group, at yeah. least. I don't know. I don't follow the inline magazines. Um, what did you think of the tricks in the movie? I was like, dude, as someone whose experience with skating is thinking I could skate because Rocket Power made it look easy, and loving <laughs> Tony Hawk Pro Skater, and getting confronted with reality, but still being somewhere between punk rock and loser, and so therefore hanging out with some skater kids. I was pretty fucking impressed with the tricks in the movie, man. I thought they were really cool. I I agree, and that's what I was uh, what I was saying earlier about like not having the body doubles. Like these kids doing it really helped sell like how impressive these yeah. things were. It's just like, man, these kids are just spinning and getting super high up off these ramps. I do like <laughs> with inline skating though the trick is basically if you're not grinding in some way you're just grabbing one or both of your feet at a certain angle and that's the trick yeah, pretty much i mean or spinning a couple times which is sure. cool i mean did you play aggressive inline growing up uh i tried to like i did it like there was a skate park um in grand prairie that i would go to all the time and i would you know, go down all the ramps. I would grab my feet at these angles after getting high in the air. Um, yeah, I was pretty rad. Well, I was actually talking about a video game because I never <laughs> aggressive inlined that hard. Um, aggressive inline. I don't. Was a I don't. Cool th video game that I loved as a kid. There was a game I played called Boards and Blades. That's what I played. It's the only uh, rollerblading game I I've played. Never but heard of it, yeah. Yeah, it was a piece of trash. Uh, Tony Hawk was where it was at. Hey, I would highly recommend checking out Aggressive Inline because, like, honestly, closest thing to Tony Hawk I ever saw with really cool levels and a really dope soundtrack introduced me to Sublime. I was about to, oh, I was gonna say, I bet there's some Sublime and, like, a bunch of Ska in well, there. Yeah. Well, it's a yeah. Cool game, like I said. <laughs> I said the soundtrack was good, so what'd you, there you go. What do you think of the Brink soundtrack? Uh, honestly, very fitting for the time and honestly pretty enjoyable watching it today, yeah. except for the end credits. Oh, I don't even know that I watched <laughs> the end they, credits. What did they play? Uh, they it was like a song that was written for the movie talking about Brink, like "Come on, Brink, Brink," and then. <laughs> Just a whole bunch of literal stuff about the plot. It was not a good song. That sounds like something I but would the rest of, listen to, to be honest. The rest of the time was just like, I'm wearing myself thin, I'm working way too hard. Good pop punk voice. Blink-182. Yeah, I was going to say, Tom DeLonge would be proud. In line skating, betraying my friends. <laughs> God. Yeah, man, I... Watching the watching these dogs disappointing my dad. Uh. I really, uh, I was really surprised that Disney licensed some ska and pop punk, and I was touched by it. Huh. Honestly, I, I think it really, it really pulled the movie together. Honestly, tied the whole movie together. More nineties. Why do I keep clicking? Uh. 
Stop, man. That's, that's not my gimmick. It's wanna... be who you are. I don't know. That's kind of who I am. I'm I'm going through an identity <laughs> crisis. I, I accept you for who you are. Greg, I've been waiting. There's a lot of discovery that people do. Someone to say that to me, man. There's a lot of discovery of life at 31, yeah. and you're just going through what everyone else has at your age. I'll, I'm sorry. I'll be, I'll be there shortly. I can't you better. <laughs> you better stop. Uh, <laughs> oh, Denny. What other notes do we have about this? Dude, um, I honestly just watched this and enjoyed it. I really don't have a lot of like documented talking points about this movie. Um, I really, really just... I, I had a fun time watching Brinkman, and I don't really know what else to tell people. Um, if you want to analyze it, you probably could. I analyzed two other kids' movies for this episode because they did not immerse <laughs> me. Um, Brink whatever it is and i guarantee it's just some sort of generational nostalgia based on the year i was born um but it immersed me and i gave a shit and i felt uh, uh it's not as good as like heavyweights although it did mm -hmm. follow pretty much the exact same structure um ben ben stiller would have made this movie way oh, better if he was the uh if he was the marketing you guys gotta jump super high yeah. I pulled ten million dollars in merch last year. <laughs> um, no, but even like you know, the final race was very reminiscent of heavyweights. Um, mm -hmm. I just I don't know what else to say other than I really liked it, and I thought the uh, the pink the neon pink skating ramp and a backdrop of skyscrapers was a uh, skyscrapers. Excuse me, skyscrapers. Go on. Was uh, a yeah. really cool aesthetic, man. I just, I just, I don't, it's, it's another one. We've had a few of these recently where I'm like, I don't really know what to tell you, but I had a fucking fun time watching it. And yeah, Brink, you know, more than any other movie that we've talked about today stood the test of time for me. <laughs> it's like, it's a movie that stood the test of time while seemingly, seemingly being just like such a how do I say it? It's just something that only could have existed in the 90s. Yes, absolutely. And it was pandering. And there were, like, lame moments where they were doing, like, the hip, cool slang, and it did not land. But for the mm -hmm. most part, they pandered well. You know, like, this was... And even that stuff was kind of endearing, yeah, it you know? Was fun. It was cute. It was charming. In a way. It yeah, was yeah. Some weird old musty exec in a boardroom being like, the kids are saying this, so say it in the movie. You know, like, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it, I, it I think it pandered well, and I think there's a reason it has staying power with our generation. Am I going to say it's like Criterion Collection awesome? Absolutely not. But I thought it was a fun movie, man. And sometimes fun is enough. Yeah, like, this is definitely a movie you could, like, sit through with some friends and, like, make fun of beginning to end. But like, yeah. And then also also watch by yourself with, like, a different lens of, like, your own childhood or if you're of the age. Yeah. Like, my own childhood of you know, how I perceive the world of this movie and just be like, eh, 
we really were like that. Yeah, I know. This is this is fun. I mean, like these characters are pretty fun, dude. I would never tell someone from Gen Z that I know to watch this movie because it's good, but it, it's yeah, got yeah, a better yeah. shot at appealing to them than the other two movies we watched today. <laughs> yeah, like it's mm-hmm. like it's it's warmer is what I'm trying to say. Like it's like. The other two movies are, like, literally only if you grew up on them, essentially. This one is, like, a little a little bitty baby time capsule of, like, a fad in the 90s um, that was mm-hmm. actually charming. That actually had some appeal. That it was like, can you believe that, like, things were so good in the 90s that no one thought about terrorism or the economy and just wondered, should you like rollerblade for the love of it or rollerblade for money and that was a serious issue (laughs) (laughs) but like honestly though like that's the level of severity that like a 14 or 15 year old kid should have to face in the world 90s or even like past that like kids shouldn't have to be worried about too much beyond that like there's always like self-discovery of figuring out who you are like do i like girls or whatever like how do i fit into the world who am i but like this kid knows what he's about and he's just like how does that how does my passion and what i'm about play into the real world around (laughs) me boy did they hit you on the nose with that And I am diving way too deep no, dude, into this. No, you're not because, dude, <laughs> those are the developmental tasks of a teenager who is developing healthily. Like, those mm-hmm. are the things... You... Despite his dad's best yeah, efforts. Yeah, exactly. Right? God, he should not be such a well-adjusted kid for the shitty dad he had. Um, but, mm-hmm. like, no, those are... That is what a teenager does in a perfect world. Is they ask mm-hmm. those questions. And when teenagers are focused on like how do i survive how do i deal with bullying how do i deal with my family being impoverished um that interrupts their development and they have to do those things later but in a healthy perfect world those are the questions you're asking who am i how do i fit into the world what do i do about that you know like that's that's what you're supposed to be doing in my wildest imagination, there is a screenwriter or a producer of the movie Brink that is listening to this and being like, Jesus Christ, we weren't trying to go like that far with hey, it. Hey, if you were listening but to But too this, bad, you did. If you're listening to this, I would like to invite you as a guest on the podcast. For, Come on the for show. interview my friend Troy about what it was like to meet Brink. Uh, and Well, their cast, not just Brink himself. Uh, we would ah, the Brinkster. We would love for him to have one last meet and greet with a writer or producer or director of this movie. So, he met the cast. Now he gets to meet a producer. Yeah. Come on, does Troy get does Troy get everything yes. in life? As someone who Enemy of the show constantly worked really hard to pass classes and saw Troy like <laughs> mail it in at the last minute for the same papers, and Troy would do better than me. Yeah, Troy gets everything. Enemy of the show. Nah, Troy's um, a of the show. <laughs> I love him. He's, he's the best. I like him. He's, he's a, a good guy. Boy. He's a good egg. Uh, Denny, what's your favorite uh, '90s relic from this 
film known as my Brink. favorite 90s relic is the band the suicide machines being on the soundtrack um i i, I just really love to hear them I, I i listened to a lot of suicide machines around that time really in the early 2000s honestly but they were cooler in the 90s um and yeah i just loved hearing look before you leap 40 times on this soundtrack because they're a band i like Hell yeah, man. Uh, this is something um, I kind of teased in the blank check segment. Um, I wanted to say all the posters and stickers that were up in Brick's room, but I'm going to go with California Real Estate totally letting this dad have a house after six months on FMLA and his wife can't even sell a house. <laughs> Incredible. Truly incredible. That is only a 90s thing. That is something only 90s kids will understand. Yes. Because they grew up in a perfect economy. <laughs> That's Boy, right. did we. Boy, did we get a uh, fucking rude awakening. <laughs> pause for cry. Pause for cry. Um, <laughs> yes, Denny. Greg. What's your favorite line from Brink? Oh, shit. I, I think I'm going to go with... Uh, you know, the movie didn't have a lot of powerhouse lines, but it had a lot of really hokey and corny-ass lines. Um, that That's true. I'm going to go with... When you woke up this morning, did you say to yourself, Today I'm going to talk, or today I'm going to skate? What's... Hell yeah. Delivered way too seriously. Uh, I've got three. I've got three. <laughs> I got some powerhouse lines Get for it. you, buddy. Uh, ooh. This one's just a one-off. No context. That just means we're going to have to hit it twice as hard. <laughs> uh, uh, Dad tried to understand his son Brink. You got dissed, you ate beef, what's not to that understand? Was that was a really good one. That was a good one. Uh, my favorite, though, is the uh, youngest daughter of the family, Katie, saying, What's the point of having a fast metabolism if I don't use it? Good honor. Because I feel that very strongly. Very relatable as a man with very fast metabolism. Boy, do you. And I'm using it. You know what? I and use as it. someone who has had a slow metabolism since around third grade... Enjoy the milkshakes while you can. Cherish them. Every 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 child out there who listens to movies for when, and every adult who who can't store body fat who makes movies for when or listens to it, enjoy enjoy or the milkshake. Makes it. Enjoy the fucking milkshakes. I am enjoying Please my milkshake do. as the person you're Please talking do, to. Greg. I will not throw my chocolate shake all over a competitor. Is a lifelong chubby boy uh, on Venice Beach. Well, was, <laughs> oh wait, shit! No, the rumor was it was a vanilla shake, but the reality was it was chocolate, chocolate though. Yeah. As a lifelong skinny boy, I will drink all yeah. the milkshakes. No, we're we're in. I drink them we're up with it. <sighs> oh, man, I'm getting sleepy. Denny, you sound Dude, tired. We uh, are recording way later than we normally record, and we're old. <laughs> Yeah, that's my fault, man. Uh, what's your critic or score, You know what? Though? Fuck it. I'm giving this a 33. Wow. Yeah, 33 out of 50. Damn. I think, honestly, had no right to be as enjoyable as it was. 
I mean, like, given, like, okay. 30's a passing grade, so I'm not saying this is amazing. You know, like, uh, but, you know, Brink, I didn't feel like I needed to judge it as a movie targeted at children. I felt mm-hmm. like I could judge it on the normal scale. Um, it's not great. Ooh. It has a lot of issues. It's fun, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's one of those movies where I'm like, I just had a good time. And if if a good time at the movies is not a passing grade for you, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, I feel like with the other two movies, I did have to kind of grade it on the kid scale. Uh, this one, I don't feel that way. I gave it a 25 out of 40. It's really not that different for like our 10 point difference in scales we've been really on the same page this episode look yeah. at us hell, hell yeah. yeah this is the most in line we've really been and that fits with the skate theme of brink brink <laughs> i got very happy um <laughs> Greg, nice. what's what's the best movie for when only 90s kids will understand the best movie for when only 90s kids will understand it on the micro level i'm gonna say certain scenes of blank check but for this episode i think the winner is gonna go to brink i just as a whole i think captures the 90s vibe i'm lives in it better i'm gonna fully agree with you man you know i i typically pick my own movie and I'm going to deviate from form once again and say I actually picked the worst movie for when only 90s kids will understand in Man of the House. I've got to go with Brink! I think it was definitely the best one that we did this week. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, audience, for picking correctly. Um, I'm sure if you guys had um, pushed Good Burger over the edge, I think that would have been... Also, uh, similarly running Dude, for the money. I love Good Burger, and one of my friends commented that his like high school students love Good Burger. I don't think that only 90s kids understand it. I think it's just fucking funny. It's a silly movie, and there's a place Valid. there's a place in this world for silliness. There's a place in the world for Brink, and it was 23 years ago. Yeah. But that's why it wins the episode. It was a little time capsule. Of a very specific it was a little time capsule subculture fad. Yeah, exactly. Um, Shit, dog. What are we doing next week? I don't think we don't have an episode figured out for next week just yet. We're going to announce it on social okay. media. If that's, that's cool with you, me. I don't care. Uh, we got a couple ideas. We've added a couple more ideas to the pool to the bucket. Um, yeah, find us on Facebook if you want to find the next theme. Um, maybe there's future votings. Maybe there's future, um, openings for suggestions for the third movie that we watch. Legitimately not decided yet. We haven't even talked about it. This is all up in the air right now. We're terrible deciders. Um, yeah, find us on Facebook at Movies for When. Just search that. You'll find our podcast. If you're listening, you probably know. Already, yeah, already come on. Get, find get it. with but, it. But yeah. Please follow us on Twitter, at Movies for Win. Uh, you'll find some similar we stuff. We more than plus we used some, to. Yeah, we too eat more than we used to because Denny has the password. 
It took me a couple um, weeks some fun... to log in, but once I did, boy oh boy. Boy oh boy, we're <laughs> we're up and running. <laughs> oh man. Uh all right. I'm Greg Johnson. That's Denny Taylor. Denny, why don't you hit a flat foot five forty and drop down and into a smooth catchphrase for us, why don't you? For Greg work, the leg work Johnson, I'm Denny the Talent Taylor. And this has been Movies for When? Make them wait for it. We already told you when. Pals forever. Pals, Pals forever. forever. That's our story. story. That's, that's our, our song. song. That's as far as I learned. Yeah, that's fine. Can we <laughs> on that every week? <laughs> Because Alien Ant Farm keeps fucking big leaguing me. <laughs> I've messaged them twice. Yeah. Anything for you, buddy. <laughs>